Hello, everyone. Chris Martinson here of Peak Prosperity here with my good friend, George Gammon. George, so good to have you here. Thanks for having me back on. It's always a pleasure to talk, Chris. Oh, pleasure's mine. So here's what we're going to do today, people. There's going to be, this is the public portion. There's also going to be a private portion. George and I have both run into the same thing. George, you can confirm for yourself. But from my end, I know that there are things I can't really talk about freely if I want this to be seen by all the people who ostensibly follow me. Uh, there, There's now, listen, we live in an age of censorship. So way you get around that is we talk about what we consider to be safe things here. And then if you want to know what we're really thinking, particularly around maybe some of the bigger issues out there, you're going to have to watch part two of this. So let's get started. George, um, what's on your mind? I've been, you've been doing a lot with, uh, hey, can you show, you show everybody your t-shirt? Just lift it up a tiny bit because it's out of frame. Yeah, CBDC. <laughs> so we've been talking, <laughs> you've been talking a lot about central bank digital currencies. I know you talked about the BRIC currency and the potential for a gold-backed currency. Like, but maybe these aren't even the biggest issues on your mind, but let's back up a tiny bit. Um, well, let me start there, actually. What is the biggest issue yeah. on your mind today? Being unbanked. Being so unbanked. It, 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 yeah, and uh, Nigel Farage, his story really got me thinking. Prior to that, I was really pounding the table on the CBDC stuff, which is a huge issue. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing we should talk about, I'm just writing this down, Chris, is this world coin thing. If your viewers yeah. aren't privy to that, they they really need to understand what's going on with that. But I was really focused on the CBDCs and trying to open up people's eyes that it's not a competing currency. It's it, it's very unlikely that they're going to come out with something called FedCoin and you're going to have to choose between using FedCoin or dollars. You know, that's kind of the way it's presented. And mm -hmm. when in reality, a CBDC is nothing more than your dollar assets that are now a liability of, let's say, Wells Fargo, just moving from their balance sheet over to the Federal Reserve. Once the Federal Reserve, once all of the deposit liabilities from the private sector, the non-bank sector, let's say, move over to the Fed's balance sheet, now all of a sudden you basically have the, 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 the foundation is set for a CBDC. All those things that we are concerned with, rightfully so, the privacy issues, being the ability to extend credit based on narrative and not merit, uh, negative interest rates. All of these things are very valid concerns, but they can't happen unless you get those uh, commercial li dollar liabilities over to the Fed's balance sheet. So that's key. And the reason I pound the table on that so adamantly is I think when they roll out this CBDC, and I think it's a matter of when, not if, but when they do, I, I highly doubt they're going to come out and say, hey, we're rolling out this new thing called a CBDC. And oh, by the way, next week, you're going to have a social score. Like if you put on your evil genius hat, why would you do that? I sure wouldn't. What I would do is I wouldn't tell anybody that we're rolling out a CBDC. And the, the thought experiment that I use right now, because most people think that they'll just know when they're using a CBDC. But in my opinion, that's not the case. In fact, right now, I'd encourage your viewers to ask themselves, how do you know you're not using a CBDC right now? Like, so you just went down to Starbucks, you just went down to Chipotle, you just went to the grocery store, you just paid your insurance bill, and what you thought was your account with Bank of America. But how do you know definitively that those dollars aren't a liability of the Federal Reserve right now? Just because Bank of America isn't telling you that? Just because Jerome Powell isn't admitting it? My point right. here 
is you would have no way of knowing if you were using a central bank digital currency because it would be the exact same process, right? So if you have no way of knowing, then why would they come out and say, hey, Chris, we're doing this thing that's wildly unpopular on social media. It's called a CBDC. Of course not. What they're going to do, in my opinion, is they're going to start rolling out the features first. So as an example, we've got this thing that they just came out with called FedNow. Now, FedNow is not a CBDC because, again, those uh, those dollars, so they tell us, are still a liability of the commercial banking system. They're not a liability of the Federal Reserve. But what this is is really back-end plumbing because right now, they've or prior to that, they right. had something called FedWire. And Fedwire was gave banks the ability to settle transaction amongst one another, but they're usually these large transactions. It's very cumbersome and it's very difficult to update the software, believe it or not. So with uh, FedNow, this just gives the uh, ability to banks to settle in real-time gross settlement, all of these kind of retail transactions between one another, and they can settle on the Fed's balance sheet instead of having to go through chips, as an example, third-party system where they net everything out and settle at the end of the night. So what this is, is it gives the Federal Reserve this infrastructure or this plumbing to where now they can manage all of these billions of retail transactions that are happening every single day in the United States. And obviously this gives them uh, access to a lot more information. So uh, this is an incredibly good point. We had a whole debate about this at my website um, with my subscribers, and I was ar- making this argument that you need the Fed now because that's your that's your electronic settlement method, right? And somebody yeah. said, oh, but then they can't run a Fed coin because that would be on a distributed ledger. And I was like, why would they want a distributed ledger? I'm pretty sure they want a centralized ledger, right? Or maybe no, they want I'm everything on the Fed balance this wrong. Right. Yeah, so is, right isn't now, that how they I would, would argue, it? yeah, we already have a CBDC. Uh, the CBDC is basically bank reserves. So the, we all know bank reserves. You know, when the Fed does QE, it, it uh, expands their balance sheet. When they do QT, uh, it decreases the size of their balance sheet. So these bank reserves, which are are denominated in dollars, they are assets, part of the cash assets of the commercial banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, et cetera. So if JP Morgan sends a, a billion dollars to Bank of America, then it's basically just that's their checking account going from one account to the other. That happens on the Fed's balance sheet. That's a liability of the Federal Reserve. Those dollars that are going from the uh, from the one bank, Bank A, let's say, to Bank B. Just like if I was if I was selling you, Chris, like a thousand bucks for something, well, then the, that thousand uh, dollars would go from my bank to your bank, but those dollars are a liability of the commercial banking system. So what happens with the CBDC is your account, my account, your viewers' accounts, business accounts, the account of Walmart, whatever, would would go from the commercial banking system over to the Fed's balance sheet. So in the future, we would settle in bank reserves just like the bank reserves that JP Morgan and Wells Fargo are using to settle right now. That that's the key that people need to understand. And and the reason why that's important, it's not just a, a, a subtlety. It's like, Oh, you know, what, what's the big deal? 
the reason it's so important is because if we don't understand how that back-end plumbing works, it allows the central planners to kind of pull the wool over our eyes without us knowing it. So let me give you an example. As you probably know, just last Friday, we had another bank collapse in the United States. So now that's five total. And I'd like to remind your viewers that the total amount of failures, banking collapse in the uh, US in 2023 has exceeded, even in real terms, the amount of failures that we had in 2008. So this is, this is a mm -hmm. real serious deal. Well, let's just assume we're only in inning five or six of this banking crisis, especially when you consider commercial real estate, the problems there, and you consider the inversion of the yield curve, I think the probability is high, actually, that we're in five, the inning five or six of this banking crisis. So let's say we get to inning nine where things really start to fall apart and it gets more severe than it did in March of 2023. Then Janet Yellen comes out, she says, okay, well, the depositors don't have to worry because we've got this thing called FDIC and they're gonna come in and save the day. But the FDIC says, whoa, whoa, time out. We only have 180 billion and you got 18 trillion in deposits. That, so that dog don't hunt. At a certain point, the FDIC cannot cover the deposits. So what does the Federal Reserve do? They come in and say, oh, listen, no problem. We got you covered. What you can do, Chris, if you're worried about your bank, your bank failing and you having to take a haircut on your deposits, you can just move your account from Wells Fargo right over to the Federal Reserve. And then you don't even have to worry about FDIC insurance. In fact, right now, it's kind of cumbersome because if you have over 250 in an account, all of a sudden you've got to worry, well, what do I do with the, with, the, with, the, uh, with the excess dollars that aren't covered by the FDIC if I'm concerned about the health of the overall banking system? Well, you just have to roll that into T-bills or go into a money market fund, something like that. But the, they'd have a great pitch from the standpoint of, Chris, now you don't even have to do that. If you've got 400,000 in an account, you're worried about that other 150 and all these banks are failing. You know, so there's this fear that people had just like prior to the, the we'll call it the Cerveza sickness. So then mm -hmm. the Fed says, just bring your account over. And people say, yes, this is fantastic. Now we don't need the FDIC. In fact, this is a, a more of a free market solution. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll spin it some way. And the average Joe, the, the same guy that's out there on social media and Twitter every single day talking smack about CBDCs or saying how I'm never going to do a CBDC. We've got to stop the CBDC, the CBDC. It's, it's evil. It's this, it's this, which I agree with, but that same person, if they don't understand the plumbing would say, Oh, well, if I need to move my account from Wells Fargo or to the fed, well, sure. No problem. As long as you don't do that CBDC. But what they don't realize is they're just jumping right into the Federal Reserve's fire. They're just playing into their game plan. And again, I think they roll out these features first. Like right now with FedNow, the benefit to it, and we have to acknowledge there are features. It, it's not just all bad and social scores and, uh, and Orwellian, uh, you know, 1984 stuff. You can settle 24-7, 365, real time. That is definitely an advantage. And I think in the future, they will also roll out... Uh, uh, well, I guess in the future, I think what they'll do, and they'd have to set up something more globally. So I don't want to imply that they can do this with a domestic CBDC. But if you read the BIS report, they're planning on merging almost every single ledger into something they call a unified ledger. And if they do this, now all of a sudden, if you go down to Mexico, well, you can just you can just trade your dollars 
for pesos online in real time. It happens immediately and there's no fee. And if you want to pay, if you want to buy an apartment, let's say in Colombia, well, that's no problem. We can just go ahead and transfer those dollars into pesos and pay the seller's account directly 24 7, 365. You don't need a title company. You don't need any of this process. And we can do it with a smart contract, by the way. And it's all free of charge. So the average Joe and Jane is going to see this as like, wow, this is fantastic. You know, Chris and George are always telling me about the evils of the banking system and the Federal Reserve and Fed now. What's not to like? This is amazing. And we don't have all these risky banks that we have to worry about going bust. We don't have to worry about our deposits taking a haircut. And we have all these new features and benefits that the banking system has rolled out. But then what's going to happen, Chris, in my opinion, is once they get everyone integrated, let's say, <laughs> into the CBDC ecosystem, then yep. they roll out the CBDC. Then they, or excuse me, then they roll out the social score. Then they roll out the big brother, the Orwellian stuff. And it's at a point where people are so integrated into the network that they start to rationalize why this is okay. The thought experiment that I always use for that is, let's say I told your viewers tomorrow, the government would give them a social score based on their cell phone usage. So the only way that you could avoid this social score in this big brother that we're all worried about is if you stop using your cell phone. How many people would do that? Answer. Well, this zero. is a none pretty much yeah maybe three in the, the whole country but so, yeah, so but you this see is where fascinating. i'm going with that is once they get once they get everyone integrated into that ecosystem yeah, yeah, you're by all these the features that's right then they'll roll out the social but what you hear and what most people talk about in our space is that oh the government is going to force this upon everyone then they're going to roll out this uh social score and it's never going to work because people are going to revolt but I think that is being incredibly, incredibly naive as to well, I, I don't think. Yeah, go ahead. It's going to be it's going to be way more subtle than that, I think. So to see what you think of this. So um, we already know that we have these really sophisticated AI bots out there. So when you're on Twitter, most of the time you're probably interacting with not a human. But these things are really sophisticated, George. It's not a bot that's sophisticated. It's a bot that knows me personally in a sophisticated way. Right. It's. It, it we're down to that level. So when I was talking with James Lindsay, he talks a lot about the woke culture and this and that. And he studied China and authoritarian systems and all that. He said, the point, Chris, this is where it really snapped into focus for me, George. He said, the point is always that you don't know where the line is. So people have to self-censor, right? It's not that, you know, the Chinese government put out like a list of things you can't say. There were a few, but really the line was meant to be blurry because they want you to take those two steps back because you don't know what one step forward looks like, right? So that's what I find I'm experiencing on all of this shadow banning and all the other stuff I've been experiencing. There's no rules. You could get away with something I can't. I don't understand. You know, it's just it's very. But the the point of this is very hard to interpret. The point is, I have to take the steps back. So when we get down to these CBDCs, it won't be this really clear, crisp thing. If you say this, then you get a negative ding. It's going to be this random, weird, subtle thing where it's going to be like, George, I don't understand. We both booked our tickets to Iceland at the same time, and mine were twice as expensive as yours. I don't understand what that was. My transaction seemed to take forever to go through ever since I sent that mean tweet about Jerome Powell. You know, it's going to be stuff like that, right? That's how I see it unfolding. Subtle. I agree. And I think that takes us right into the, the Nigel Farage 
issue with being unbanked. And I mean, our, our conversation started and I got off on a tangent there about how I was pounding the table on the CBDCs because I thought that was really the biggest issue. And although that is a huge issue that we really need to collectively think through here as a group that is adamant about freedom and privacy and liberty and free market capitalism, I think an even bigger problem is what we're seeing with Nigel and, and being unbanked. Because even if we have a CBDC, yes, that's bad, but that still allows the average Joe and Jane to work and feed mm -hmm. themselves and, and provide for their family. But if you get unbanked, you're done. Like, and I know people say, oh, well, just use Bitcoin. We'll just use gold and silver. Look, that's fantastic. I think everyone should have purchasing power outside of the financial system. But mm -hmm. let's be honest. You're not going to be able to find an employer that's going to be willing to pay you in cash into the table or gold or in Bitcoin. That, that's for, for most people, that's not an, a solution. Although it may be in 10 years, 15 years, I think the CBDC is going to come out a lot sooner than that. So if they just said, okay, Chris, you don't have a bank account, how how do you feed yourself? You know, if you're even you if you're making gas? money online, how, how do you collect that money from PayPal or how do you collect that money from your your merchant account? The, the answer is you can't. And if you're an average Joe that's just got a, a normal job and you say something the government doesn't like and they call you a domestic terrorist, therefore you're not able to have a bank account. Now, what do you do? I mean, you, you take your your assuming your work doesn't fire you because of mm -hmm. of of uh, political pressure and whatnot. Do you take your paycheck down to a check cashing place and pay 20 or 30%? <laughs> I mean, you just get into this position where you're absolutely screwed regardless of, you know, Bitcoin, gold, silver being an option for your savings. It's not an option for your paycheck. And this is what people really need to think about and start preparing for now. This is uh, I, I I can't pull it up right now, but um, I'll see if I can find the link and post it. But I saw this morning on Twitter that Nigel Farage had asked a question on his Twitter feed and said, hey, has anybody else been unbanked? And you got a flood of these things. And I guess my question is, so A, it's happening, but B, did, was the warning shot? Remember when they said, hey, we're going to do bank bail-ins, but they started with this Cyprus, right? I think that's how they roll, right? Right. You have to run your trial balloon for this at some point. I think I credit this back to freezing the truckers accounts in Canada. I think yeah, that yeah, was, right. Right. I think that was, that was the test moment and they did it and they got away with it. That was, that was frankly, completely illegal. Um, constitutionally, mm -hmm. the bank charters were violated. You know, all the banks that participate in that RBC TD, all of them, they operated extra legally. Nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, I think that's just a preview of what's to come. And even if they, even if that's, look, once they roll out the CBDC, if they don't tell you, which I don't think they will, I think they'll still be keeping tabs on what you're buying and you will have a, a secret social score, even if they're not publicizing it yet. And I think that's going to steer them in a lot of directions. And that's going to impact a lot of the decisions they make about certain individuals. And uh, like the truckers and especially people, even ordinary people that stand up for their values, that that have the courage to speak what's on their mind, even if they don't like something the government, the authoritarians or the central planners are doing at the time.
And yes, in 2021 or 2022, it was the truckers. And, uh, you know, hats off to them. They showed us exactly how you win. You just stand up and say no. But in the yes. future, it's going right. to be something different. It's going to be something, you know, who knows what we have in 2024, 2025. The world is so tumultuous. And I think we're going through this fourth turning right now. So in my opinion, it's going to get a lot worse. It's going to get more volatile, I should say, before it gets better. And in the, if you look back throughout history, when times are volatile and you get more and more social unrest, the government usually responds by becoming more draconian, not mm. less draconian. And I think one of the main ways that they can do that, again, is through that 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 bank account and just your ability to feed your family. Because, you know, what are you going to do if you and again, you you talked about kind of sending a message and then self-censoring. OK, well, what if, you know, you're out there speaking your mind on mandates, as an example, back in 2021, and then your best mm -hmm. friend just gets unbanked and you have three kids and a wife? What, what, what are you going to do? I mean, yes, you want to be a patriot. You want to stand up for what's right. But do you really want to risk not being able to feed your three-year-old? Probably mm -hmm. not. So I think, you know, as far as solutions, I'm really trying to think through this, you know, for, for the sake of my audience, for the sake of my friends, my family, and, and for myself, I don't have a silver bullet. Unfortunately, Chris, there, there are no panaceas. I'm going to keep trying to think about this with smart people like you and a lot of the, uh, the people in the space, but for me personally, and what I'm suggesting people do is think about setting up a bank account outside of the United States. You've got to, I know it might be unpopular for people. They might be a little skittish about that, but you've got to consider diversifying your geopolitical risk. And obviously you, you have some form of purchasing power outside of the system. We talk about gold, Bitcoin, silver, et cetera, but you know, have a separate bank account. If Nigel Farage, had a bank account in Dubai, as an example, mm -hmm. he could have easily, and I, you know, who knows, maybe he does, but he could have easily said, all right, I've still got my uh, debit card from my Dubai bank that has, let's say a hundred thousand dollars in it. So at least I can get by and I can go, you know, I can buy groceries <laughs> and pay rent uh, and do, you yeah. know, buy my insurance and whatnot until I can go ahead and figure out the rest of this stuff. And maybe, I don't know how he gets paid, but if he was selling, um, you know, like let's say he had a YouTube channel and he was getting YouTube advertisement dollars, you know, he could just just change that on the back end of YouTube to go from the count that he had, let's say, with his UK bank that gave him the axe, and then he could just transfer that or switch it on the back end of YouTube to go to that Dubai bank. And you know, it might not be a complete solution, but at least it buys you time. It gives you a plan B. And I think that's what the average Joe and Jane need to think about right now. I agree. And the reason I think this is, you know, I'm really an optimist, George, and too much so. And most people wouldn't peg me as that. But I am. I, I honestly thought that by now people would have woken up more than they have. Right. And so let me just give you an example. We went obviously we went right, right from Cerveza into that war in that country over there straight into um, the climate crisis. Right. OK. So now yeah. I'm watching all of this ESG scores, climate crisis stuff, and and there's this same alarmism, the same everything about it, right? And I'm not, 
I'm not here to weigh in on the science of it. I'm just telling you how it's being used and leveraged, right? That's what I want to talk to people about. It's being used and leveraged is this thing. So hop, skip, and a jump. On the front page of the Daily Mail UK just the other day, they have this thing called um, high, em low emission something, these LHEV things. They, anyway, they want to control how much you can and can't drive because of emissions, right, in London. So this liberal um, Democrat counselor says, well, for all the people who are against this, I wish I could just lock them in a room and gas them with carbon monoxide, right? That's fine. As long as it's a liberal saying this, it's not hate speech, George. It's it's because uh, of their it, overwhelming it, love for the world, right? But you can feel at least that they're starting same... to say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> yes, but it's that same desire to authoritarianly crush the opposition because they hold the yeah. wrong view, right? Even if that wrong view turns out in retrospect to have been the right view, which is what we're learning now about the whole surveys, I think my views were fundamentally correct right from the get-go. Yeah. Got a few things wrong, but mostly right. And that's okay. Nobody's going to say, sorry, Chris, for having censored you. Nobody's going to, none of that. We're just going to move on to the next thing. But that's the point. I, I'm not as optimistic as I am, George. I think there's a little tough spot first because the authoritarians are actually doubling down as we might expect. They're not relenting. And now that they can feel the ultimate power, which is to shut your bank account off, and that's ultimate power, I think they're going to make a real hard play for it. I think they're going to push too. until they get it. I do too. But let's try to stick with this theme of looking at the glass half full. Right. One of our greatest tools, the way I see things, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, one of our greatest assets, one of our greatest tools, one of our greatest weapons as people who value freedom and liberty and free market capitalism, individualism, privacy, is the hubris of the global elite, mm -hmm. the hubris of the central planners, let's say. So the example I always use and was just crystal clear for me, because one of the reasons I started the Rebel Capitalist channel, now I've got the George Gammon channel for whiteboards, but that other channel was to talk about the mandates and what was going on. That was 2021. So I was really on top of kind of the regulations, what the politicians were saying and kind of the, 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 the political narrative, but also what was happening with the populace, the overall general, uh, just the average Joe and Jane, let's say. And if you remember back to 2021, when they came out these mandates, initially, most people, most normies were like, okay, fine, whatever. I have to get all these other shots. If I've got to get one more just to keep my job, uh, to make sure I can provide for my family, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to really, you know, I'm not going to bitch and moan about it. I'm not going to make too much of a fuss. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers. It is, it is what it is. And I think the global elite... You know, I don't know if they're behind the surveys of sickness, but one thing I know for sure, definitively, is that they'll never let a good crisis go to waste. So I believe that they saw this as an opportunity to gain more power and control. And so they kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And behind the scenes, they were trying to push for these policies, such as the mandates that we saw in New York. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, with the Biden administration coming out and saying, okay, now all these federal workers and, you know, if you're working for an airline, you've got to get uh, these, we'll call them medicines, right? And mm -hmm. like I said, we're going along with it until the global elite tried to push it one step too far. I think that they made so much progress in 2020 and 2021, they were just giddy. They're like, oh my gosh, look at what we can do. We can lock even Americans 
that are known for being rebellious. We can lock them in a cage and half of them say that they, they want even more lockdowns. You know, we can make it illegal for people to walk their dog on the beach and people aren't just resisting, but they're demanding that we do this. You know, half the mm -hmm. population. This is going way better than we had ever hoped. <laughs> so now let's go ahead and try to do some mandates. Wow, people are going along with this as well. This is fantastic. Look at this. We can take we thought we were gonna have to wait till 2030 to take over the world no. with the great reset, but now maybe we can do it by 2025. You see this hubris. But then what happened is they tried to mandate for kids. And that's when the average Joe said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Even the average CNN watcher, they said, you can put that in me, fine. I'm 40, 50 years old. I can handle it. But you are not touching my two-year-old with something that I don't know what the long-term side effects are going to be. And that's when you really started to get the trucker movement. That's when you started to get the, the normies really pushing back. Not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them to the point where the Biden administration and most pol uh, politicians had to really backpedal on that, right? So, you know, one of our problems is just getting people agitated enough to come together and say no, because if even a small minority of the population, if they do that, we have the power. That's the good news is the people no. have the power to, to push back and say no, and these politicians can't do anything about it. But the challenge yeah. is getting people pissed off enough to where they stand up and do something. And that's where I think we can actually leverage the hubris of the Klaus Schwab types, the Bill Gates types, because whatever role they roll out in the future, they're probably going to overstep, which makes people respond in an opposite direction. And that's where people like, you know, brilliant people like yourself with influence can say, hey, guys, now you see what I've been talking about. Let's get together, say no. And let's try to squash these guys and these authoritarians, you know, hopefully, uh, maybe not permanently, but longer term. So I love this. Let, let me pour a little more liquid in that glass and make it a little over half full um, because you're right. 2020, 2021 was this giddy moment of them figuring out they could do anything they wanted and we would just absorb it and put up with it, maybe even beg for more. So then hop, skip and a jump. We enter 2023 and all of a sudden something happened. It's that magic moment. All the school of fish turn left. Nobody can tell you why. Right. And next thing you know, Bud Light falls out of being the number one brand off the top 10 list. Sound of freedom. We're all told we're supposed to hate it. Box office success. Right. So now they're starting to tell us to do things. And we, the people, are doing the exact opposite and doing it with convincing power to take a top selling beer brand and knock it out of the top 10 is like a 12 Sigma event. If it was just normal market forces, it, it, it couldn't, that's extraordinary power. And that's people voting in the way that was still, the votes still count. I'm sure of it in this one, where you spend your money matters a lot. So I would also arm people with this, withdraw your consent from the people who don't deserve any of your consent and then vote with your dollars. Do it. Try it mm -hmm. every day. Every day you buy something, it is a vote and we've just seen the power of it. Um, and so I say, keep voting, vote early, vote often, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think more, uh, good news and bad news is looking at what's happening with, with this world coin that was just released right. last week. Now, I don't know. Do you want this to talk is about Sam Altman's wanna... thing, right? He's sure the, That's the correct. open chat, uh, you know, the open AI chat GPT guy, uh, is CEO, uh, a, a, a lovable nerd, I guess. I don't know much about him, but 
Well, I, I do. I did a video on this so where I, I just kind of briefly looked at his, his history and uh, he's part of the World Economic Forum. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this, the public part. If you want to listen to the rest of this, it's always at my website. It's going to be there at peakprosperity.com. By the way, George is going to share with us the one thing that he looks at more than anything else. You're going to want to hear that. And we go unplugged. So we're going to be talking about the things that, um, well, George and I are free thinking, free spirited, uh, free talking kind of guys. So we're going to say what's actually on our minds. Please come join us there. George, thank you so much for your time here today. And I want to just direct everybody, George Gammon, G-A-M-M-O-N. You could find him on YouTube. You can find he's got a podcast. Rebel Capitalist is his parallel alter ego channel on YouTube. Check that out as well. And uh, George, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. It's always a pleasure to talk. Likewise. All right. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.